Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's crack a beer and get the ball rolling. Beer talk. What am I drinking tonight? Well, tonight I went with the Minnesota Gold Lager, courtesy of Third Street Brew House. Uh, I knew I couldn't go wrong with a Third Street Brew House beer because I've had some of their other uh, concoctions uh, before tonight, but I have to say this is the first time I am drinking this one, and I knew I couldn't go wrong. They have great quality beers, um, but this, uh, after my first sip, is definitely one I would rec. I would definitely recommend this one. Uh, pretty, pretty basic. Um, kind of get malts of uh, flaked corn, something like that, uh, and some good hops uh one thing i always like to check out their website before i go on with you guys one of the cool things about their website with each beer they kind of tell you what it's cool to pair with and it says it pairs well with many foods uh they suggest things like herb chicken light season salmon burgers hot dogs uh mild cheese and lemon based desserts so uh sounds like a summer beer but man this this uh this is good one cool thing about this brewery too i've noticed being out in uh in liquor stores they actually sell most of their year-long beers in 12 or 16 cans which isn't always um uh, an option for some of these breweries so for those that don't know much about third street brew house it is located in cold spring minnesota which is about 20 minutes uh, southwest of st cloud I myself have not been there before, but it is definitely on my list of breweries to go. Um, another great thing I loved about this brewery, looking into it, they have their year-round beers, um, like this Minnesota Gold Lager, um, year-round. And they also have seasonal beers throughout, too, which is huge for me. Some some of these breweries have seasonal beers and cut off certain beers to make room for them, which totally understandable. But honestly, when you're... In Minnesota, going to breweries, who who doesn't like, like options? So for those that are interested in visiting, they are currently open. They're only open Fridays and Saturdays right now. Fridays, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. And Saturdays, 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. So if you're 21 or older, go check it out. Tell me what you think and enjoy responsibly. Goldie's Locker Room Talk. For the men's hockey team this last week, they lost both games, unfortunately, to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, which means my prediction of they won't lose a single series this year is false. However, the silver lining in all of this is despite the series loss to the Fighting Irish, the Gophers team is still fourth in the nation. Coming into this weekend unranked, the Fighting Irish are now sitting at 16th in the nation, so didn't hurt the Gophers a whole lot, and the Fighting Irish definitely did benefit from uh, this series win. Back on Friday the 15th, sophomore defenseman Jackson Lacombe scored his first goal of the season to get the Gophers on the board with a first period lead. However, Notre Dame would knot it up at one apiece, just 32 seconds left in the opening frame. Minnesota would retake the lead just under two minutes in the second period, courtesy of Sample Ranta. And then the Fighting Irish would take advantage of their only power play of the night, making it 2-2 about five minutes later. The game remained deadlocked for a long part of this game until about five minutes left in regulation. Graham Slaggart for the Fighting Irish made it the 3-2 to two game and that would cap off a three-point night for him to get the 3-2 to two win for the Irish. 
Goalie Jack LaFontaine for the Gophers made 21 saves in the loss. The next night saw the Gophers' first game this season in which they never had a lead. That ended in a 2-1 loss. Notre Dame got on the board early in the second game from Slogat Bakic, and then Max Ellis made Notre Dame get a two-goal lead halfway through the second period. And the lone goal for goal was scored by Jackson Nelson at the 17:36 mark in the third period that seemed to maybe trigger a late-game comeback, but would turn out just to be too little too late. In this series, the Gophers men's team was led by Jackson Nelson as he was the only Gopher with more than one point in the series. He had one goal and one assist for the two total points. Next up for the team, they will play games three and four between the Sun Devils this year, this upcoming week. Tomorrow, they play the ASU Sun Devils at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports North and Friday at 4 p.m. on Fox Sports North as well. So good luck to them. Women's hockey team, it was more bad news um, as they would lose their series against the Badgers this last weekend. Uh, Badgers. On Friday night, the number two ranked Badgers shut out the number one ranked Gophers, five to nothing. Gory Lauren Lauren Bench was pulled after the second period after letting in four goals on 21 shots in the first two frames. And the Gophers just came up against a hot goalie in the first games as they peppered her with 30 shots and stopped all 30 of them. The next night, the Gophers at least got on the board. Um, and the third period in Game 2 would make all the difference for the Badgers. Despite being down 0-2 oh, zero in the first period uh, in the second game, Grace Zumwinkle scored a power play goal for the Gophers to make it 1-2 one, one after the first period. And then despite a Badger power play goal in the second frame, Amy Potomac and Josie Dunn would both score in the second period to make it 3-3. Three to three. And then in the third period, the Badgers would score three unanswered goals to put away the goal for 6-3. Ann Tchaikovsky and Emily Brown would, have a multi, would be the only girls with a multi-point game as they both picked up two assists. For the girls' team, they won't be in action this next week as they are in the midst of having 12 days off before their second series with the Ohio State Buckeyes on the 29th and 30th. Through the girls' first 11 games, they are currently being led by Grace Zumwinkle's 8 goals and 10 points and Emily Odin's 8 assists. On to the men's hoops team. They were only in action once this last week as they hosted the Michigan Wolverines on Saturday and came away with a big 75-257 win over the number 7 ranked team in the nation and it was a great game to watch. The key to this game for the Gophers was defense. The Gophers made the Wolverines work for every point they got and had a 12-4 advantage in the steel department as well. And that stingy defense, like I mentioned, led to a very efficient offense my dad and I actually watched together in this one. And we both saw centerman Liam Robbins really lead this Minnesota team throughout as he led all scorers with 22 points on 62% from the field. He had eight rebounds. Half of them were on the offensive glass. He had two steals and two blocks. Both Marcus Carr and Glabe Klauscher also finished in double figures as well. Carr with 17 and Klauscher with 10. This was, like I said, a great gopher game to watch as they were the better team throughout. It's games like this 
you hope to see more of as a Gopher fan because I mean, like my my dad and I talked about, you 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 can have all the talent in the world, but you can't teach talent. You can teach hard work, and these guys are just dedicated to grinding it out. And hey, now they're the 17th ranked team in the nation. Uh, and they were supposed to play Nebraska tonight, actually, actually currently right now. Um, but unfortunately, that game's been postponed. So the only game they will have in this next week is on Saturday, the 23rd, against the Maryland Terrapins at 1 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. The only other college basketball news I have for you guys is in this last week is that March Madness will be a thing in 2021. It'll be a little different uh, as it sounds like it's going to be played in something of a bubble format in Indiana. And from what I've gathered so far, all games will be played between Bankers Life Arena, where the Indiana Pacers play, and Lucas Oil Stadium, where the uh, Indianapolis Colts play. So, yeah, with that, on to the women's hoops team. The women's hoops team, uh, just like the hockey teams, were also in action twice this last week. They lost to the Maryland Terrapins, unfortunately, the last time we were on the air, 73-90. to But then just last night, they picked up Big Ten win number two on the air in a 76-71 to game over the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Back on Thursday night, the Gophers just truthfully went up against a better team in uh, Maryland who always seemed to have an answer for the Gophers, sometimes even an answer and a half. The Terrapins only took a seven-point lead into halftime, but pulled away in the second half. Jasmine Powell had a team-high 22 points, seven rebounds, and eight assists. Phenomenal game from her. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough as the Terrapins would come away with that one. However, just last night, the girls would pick up the win from a true, truly full-team effort. Four girls ended up in double figures. Gadiva Hubbard finished with 18, Jasmine Powell with 15, Sarah Scalia with 14, and Clarkie Scoiners with 10. The Cornhuskers actually went into halftime in this game, up three, but the Gophers outscored Nebraska 37-29 to pick up their third win of the season. The girls have a couple of nights off, but Lindsay, head coach Lindsay Whalen hopes on Monday night they can get their first back-to-back wins of the season as they will travel to the Penn State Nittany Lions for their second game of the year with them. That game will be at 5 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Weirdly enough, we do have some news on the football team this week. All we have, though, is that earlier today, P.J. Fleck announced on Twitter the commits from six new incoming freshmen and six new transfers for next year. So welcome to all 12 of them. Good luck to all of you. And um, as of now, the countdown to their 2021 season is on. The Gophers will open up their season this in this fall at the TCF Bank Arena against the Ohio State Buckeyes on Saturday, September 2nd. So only 225 days to go. <laughs> RTB Skyuma go Gophers. Lastly, Emily, from your question a couple weeks ago, the volleyball team will be in action for their season opener this upcoming week. They will have their season opener for you Gopher volleyball fans out there this upcoming Saturday as they will play host to the Michigan State Spartans at 4 p.m. That can be seen on the Big Ten Network Plus. Then the next day they will play the Spartans again, this time at 3 p.m. 
that can also be seen on the Big Ten Network+. Plus. The volleyball team hopes for another deep playoff run this year as they are returning nine players on their current roster and only lost four girls this last year to graduation. They were ranked number seven in the AVCA preseason polls and both redshirt senior Regan Pittman and senior Stephanie Same Day both got preseason all 10, all Big Ten, sorry, honors. So a big congratulations to them and good luck to the volleyball girls. As for the Twins, only new news on them comes actually just um, recently before I got on the uh, horn here with you guys. But as of today, the Minnesota Twins came to an agreement on a one-year contract with left-handed pitcher J.A. Happ pending a physical. Happ comes into his 15th season playing for six different teams, most recently for the Yankees for three years. He comes in with 123 career wins, 1,539 strikeouts, and a career 3.98 ERA. So welcome to him and his family. Can't wait to see what your future holds as a twin, and hopefully you can help us uh, win another title. (laughs) Now for the Minnesota Wild. Man, they came out of the gates opening up this season. 2-1-0 on the year in their first three games, and they're playing their fourth tonight. And as weird as it sounds, the Wild got wins one and two the exact same way against the same opponent. And man, Kaprizov looked like a stud in the process. Back on the 14th against the Kings, Jonas Brodine scored the first Wild goal of the year to give us our first lead of the year as well. However, um, Kings' Jeff Carter made it one to one before the first intermission. Then, in the second period, then uh, the Kings got two second period goals from Andres Athesiu. I, the uh, the announcer watching this game with my brother-in-law, didn't even seem to know how he <laughs> pronounced his last name either, so I don't feel bad. And a Dustin Brown power play goal gave the Kings a three to one lead after the first two periods. Then the third period happened. Victor Rask scored for us a little over three minutes into the third, and Marcus Foligno tied the game at three, forcing overtime. Then it happened. With just over a minute left in OT, Kaprizov jumped an L.A. dump pass and scored on a breakaway for the 4-3 win. Two nights later, literally the same thing happened. Matt Dumba made it 1-0. Game was tied after one. Two king goals in the second. A Joel Erickson at goal in the third period, and Ryan Suter scoring to force overtime with two seconds left in regulation. Overtime happens. This time, newbie Marcus Johansson connected on the one-timer from Jonas Brodine with 11 seconds left in OT. Wild left LA with two wins and four points. However, just last night, the Wilds suffered their first loss of the season, one to nothing, at the hands of the Anaheim Ducks. Make no mistake about it, though, in the, uh, as the Wild would pepper 34 shots on John Gibson, who honestly was just the better goalie last night. Honestly, pretty even game with the Ducks in almost every way except for plot power plays. The Wild couldn't take advantage of another five power play game 
and are still looking for their first power play goal despite getting 16 opportunities in their first three games. Don't get me wrong, even um, watching them, they are not playing bad and we have a good team, but if I'm still Dean Evanson, um, my point of emphasis even today, even tonight before the game, is getting things turned around on the power play immediately. You need to be able to make your opponents suffer from giving you an advantage, just plain and simple. Year after year, teams that do well on the penalty kill and on the power play are typically teams you see play longer, longer seasons and ultimately will win a Stanley Cup as well. Um So like I mentioned, so far we're looking good. We're currently fourth right now in the West Division with our four points. Matt Dumba is currently the only wild player with two goals. And Kaprizov is leading the way with his three points. Next up for the wild, like I mentioned, we're playing tonight at the Anaheim Ducks at 8.30 p.m. on NBCSN. Then on Friday the 22nd, they they will play their first home opener series against the San Jose Sharks at 7 p.m. And then on the 24th, they will play the Sharks at 7 p.m. again. Their last game in this next week will be when they host the LA Kings on Tuesday, the 26th at 7 p.m. All of these games can be seen on Fox Sports North. Excuse me. Still no new news on the Loons, um, but for the Timberwolves, they unfortunately are still looking for their first win without Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, this last week for the Timberwolves, they were supposed to play a second game against the Memphis Grizzlies on January 15th. Unfortunately, that got postponed. So the only game they had in action this week was against the Atlanta Hawks and Man, uh, Trey, uh, Trey Wayne's, uh, or sorry, Trey Young just had had a game. Um, him and all the starters for the Hawks all finished in double figures, and truthfully, um, it just it wasn't it wasn't good defense on our part as they shot just under forty eight percent from the field compared to our thirty two percent from the field. So, um. Once again, not not really quite sure what's what's going on with the Timberwolves right now. We're currently three and nine. I mean, first and foremost, especially in the NBA, you got to be able to win your you got to be able to win your uh, home games, and I mean that's just it's just not happening. Um, Atlanta, you got to give credit when credits due. Atlanta is a good team. They got they have a lot of young talent, similar to us, um, but just just couldn't get the couldn't get it done and um you know you just kind of have to look at the next game and especially this year amongst all this covid and all the realignment and structuring of uh all the health and safety concerns you kind of have to have a short term memory but they they got to find a way to turn this around right now i believe they're in the midst of uh, another four game spell where they still haven't won so um, D'Angelo Russell did lead the way uh, against the Atlanta Hawks, dropping 31. And Malik Beasley still had a pretty good game, uh, scoring 15 points. But it just it um, it wasn't enough. Uh, thus far, Carl, despite only playing four games for us, Carl Anthony Towns is still leading the way with 22 uh, 
um, points per game. And rookie Anthony Edwards is currently in fourth on our team, averaging 12.5 points per game, which is good enough for second amongst all rookies. So he's still doing his thing. It you know it sucks because it it tends to be rookies and players in the NBA or in professional sports that t- typically are on teams that don't do very well, don't get as much attention. But at least we know that, you know, we got guys that are contributing and we have guys that are putting up points. We just need to be able to find more points. I mean, when you have a guy like Carl Anthony Towns out for so many games and he's accounting for between 20 to 25 points, you got to find a way to make up those points. So we have the guys. We just we need to be able to uh, come come up with those points. So next up. For the Timberwolves, they are playing host to the Orlando Magic tonight at 7. And then on Friday, they will play another game against the Atlanta Hawks at 7 p.m. And then New Orleans on Saturday at 7. And then Monday, January 25th on NBA TV, they will be at Golden State. And then on Wednesday on ESPN at Golden State as well, both games at nine. So, um, you know, for you Wolves fans, keep keep on keeping on. We'll we'll get this thing turned around uh, soon. So, with that, on to NFL Vikings. So, no new news on the Minnesota Vikings. But before we do get into our playoff update, longtime San Diego Charger Philip Rivers is officially retiring from the NFL as of earlier today. This last season, Rivers was a member of the Indianapolis Colts after 16 remarkable seasons with the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers. Although Rivers never played in a Super Bowl, he still is leaving behind quite the resume. Rivers is retiring currently fifth in passing yards, career passing yards, with 63,440 and fourth in TD career passes with 421. He is an eight-time Pro Bowler as well. Also, Philip Rivers is also retiring, for those that didn't know, as the Chargers franchise record holder in every major passing category as well. So huge congratulations to him on an amazing career. We wish you well in retirement and hope you and the family have a lot of memories to be made together with more time. So on with that, on to the playoffs. We are now down to the final four teams in the NFL, people. And this weekend, we will be back to NFL football only on Sundays. This Sunday, the 24th, the NFC Championship game will be first on the day as the Green Bay Packers will host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Lambeau Field. That game will kick off at 2.15 p.m. on Fox. Then later in the evening, the Kansas City Chiefs will get a visit from the Buffalo Bills for the AFC Championship game. That game will be on CBS and will kick off at 5.50 p.m. Now, on to picks. Once again, I'm doing this just going with my gut here and no biases aside as well. Buccaneers and Packers. First things first, I want to acknowledge, even being a Minnesota Vikings fan, that Aaron Rodgers is having one of his greatest seasons in his remarkable career. 
And it helps that Devonte Adams has been arguably the best wide receiver in the league this year, week in and week out. And as much as I hate to admit it again, Aaron Jones uh, has also been a treat pretty much every time he touches the ball for the Packers. So in this game, Green Bay will undoubtedly move the ball. My only concern with them going up against the Buccaneers is how much. With that said, Tampa Bay's defense has been one of the best this year, and I believe it will make life miserable for Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Conference Championship game. Plus, playoff Tom Brady, people don't like to admit it, but he's been in the league for as long as anybody can remember. He's been in it forever. Playoff Tom Brady is just a different animal altogether. So I really do believe he will have another great playoff outing, putting Green Bay's defense to the test throughout the game. And I think they, I think Green Bay's defense is good, so I think they'll be able to get some stops against the Bucks' offense. But ultimately, I think it's going to be too much to handle. I got Bucks 34, Packers 24. Bills and Chiefs. Honestly, thinking about this game earlier today, it was a difficult decision to make without knowing if Mahomes is for sure going to be playing or if Henny is going to be playing their backup. Honestly, it's the playoffs, so I'm making this pick based off the fact that he will be playing. The good news for the Chiefs, though, both Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are both in action and both a go 100% this next week. And both of those guys are always able to get huge chunk plays regardless of who they're playing or who's their quarterback. On the Bills side of the ball, some might say based off their loss to Kansas City in week six that, oh man, you know, this won't this won't this won't even be a close game. But since then since then, Josh Allen has really established a very strong connection with ex Viking Stefan Diggs that honestly just really wasn't there in that week six matchup between the two teams. So and since then, Diggs has arguably been one of the best wideouts in the league as well, right up there with Devontae Adams. In my opinion, though, for this game, the big key is for the Bills, and it's for them to establish the running game with Devin Singletary early on in this game. Because I fear if they can't, the Chiefs secondary will die, uh, will live and die by their run game and slow that offense down in a hurry. I mean, the Chiefs... Defense is very good, and if they can figure out that you're not, you can't run the ball effectively, or if their line's going to stop it, they're going to play the um, pass the entire game because they know you have to pass, and that's where teams get into a pickle when playing the Chiefs. So honestly, I do think it will be a close game. I like Josh Allen, I like Patrick Mahomes, and I really do think it'll come down to the wire. I think it'll be a very back-and-forth game. But if there's anything <laughs> anything last week taught us, it's that Andy Reid won't hold back in crunch time. Chiefs 27, Bills 24, which leads us to Super Bowl 55 matchup of the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is my prediction, making the Bucs the first team ever to play in a Super Bowl in their home field. Honestly, I think that would be one heck of a matchup. The reigning champs versus the GOAT, which could also make things interesting if you think about it. Because even though Brady has said he wants to play until he's 45, he's currently 43. 
and has one more year left on his current contract. You'd have to think if the Bucks could make it past the Packers and then win the Super Bowl and he wins. I mean, you'd have to at least think about ending on a high note, wouldn't you? But regardless, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves uh, as we have some really, really fun games on Sunday. Lastly, before we go, Minnesota High School hockey for both boys and girls got underway this last week. Hope everybody is doing well and staying safe. And hope all of you guys have wonderful seasons. I know it's shortened. Um, My cousins uh, told me it's about an 18-game season this year. So make the best of it, Uh, you seniors. Give it your all and have fun. Remember, this podcast is about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter and Instagram handles are at miniweekend, and email is miniweekend at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. Same spelling for Instagram and Twitter. And feel free to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram as well. Also, make sure you subscribe to my podcast on your podcast listening site for updates. And if you like the podcast, give it five stars. And if you don't, well, just keep listening until you would give it five stars. Until next week, Minnie.